does that. Well, anyway, welcome back to the Excellence Cartel. Ladies, Alicia, Sarah, you guys join us for our first ever like panel Q&A that we're going to begin with you ladies. How how does it feel to be joined by such well-manicured men, especially <laughs> Sue? He looks so fucking good. Like, I mean, if you... Ugh, you gonna put that on social media later? You like, I mean, it is pretty sexy. I do it before and after. Oh, I think you should. I think it'd be great. I'd be down with it. Well, we have Alicia and Sarah joining us, so you guys know the drill. Alicia, how's your last seven days been? My last seven days have been really busy, really awesome. Um, like I was telling you before we started recording, I'm actually in Nashville now. So I'll be here in an Airbnb for about a month. So just hanging out and working. Um, I recently brought on my third assistant coach. And so we're just her in for the systems now and um, getting everything kind of systemized. And she was actually doing some VA work for me. And now she's actually going to be one of our coaches now. So I'm like looking for a new VA plus I'm hiring, you know, bringing her in as a coach too, as well. And so it's busy for sure, but it's, it's been super exciting. Um, just a lot of stuff business-wise going on and super grateful um, to be on here today too with everyone. Nice. Well, I'm looking forward to you joining. I've been following you for a little bit, paying attention. <laughs> Jason Theobald, I assume your life sure. is a bunch of suck with prep, but uh, how have you been anyway? Uh, you know, once I kind of got a handle on just doing prep the way I used to do things, uh, I feel fine, man. Like I want to train. I'm filling out. I still feel like I'm just as lean. I just couldn't do all those steps, dude. Uh, it was making me not want to train. I, you know, normally I train every day during prep and that's kind of what I do is I train, I do hit, I eat less and I lay around and keep my meat low. And, uh, once I went back to that, dude, I actually feel fine. Um, I feel like I'm looking a little more refreshed. Uh, my mood's way better. And, um, those are all good things. So, uh, we'll see, we'll see how it goes, but I'm, uh, what nine days out now or something from Kentucky pro, um, I guess, I don't know if we've done a show since my, my show, but I, if, for those who don't know, I took fifth, I made top five, but fifth. Um, so that's been kind of the big things in my life. Like, you know, focusing on prep, um, trying to get my clients stuff done. Um, that's been about it, man. Nice. And that's why preps are different. Cause the best prep of my life was doing all those steps. I had, that's, I had a blast doing it and loved it. It felt yeah. great the whole fucking time, you know, and you did it, you did it, it wrecked you. And so it just lets you know, not everyone can do the same. I'd rather starve and uh, I really don't care to eat. So I'd rather just eat less and lay around man and do my training. And it just works for me. Yeah. I think it was just strictly how I function built my days though, for me. Then, like, mm -hmm. I just had something to look forward to about every hour or two. So it was interesting. I mean, I did look forward to it for a while. It just beat me down, man. Like I said, I'm not even in prep. One of those people don't want to go to the gym. And, like, for the first time, like, I didn't want to go to the gym, man. I, I was going to gyms where I wouldn't run into anyone because I just didn't even want to have to, like, look at people. Like, that's not normally how I am. Like, so, you know, I knew something was up. Um, you know, it just takes a minute to kind of everything to click and you, you, you adjust and you move forward. So fair. Sarah, your last seven days. Oh, my last. Hey, guys, thanks for having me on. First of all, I think it's really funny because the last time I was on, I was just working with Jason as my nutrition coach. And now all three of you, I get to bother all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Our think tank is fun, though. I enjoy it. So it's funny how the world works. Yep. Um, 
my last seven days. Um, you know, business is good. Clients are slowly cut, slowly but steadily coming in. I actually have like a ton of returning people that had taken the summer off and they're ready to get back at it. Um, it's wedding season in our house. We have uh, four weddings in four weeks and my husband's birthday on the fourth week. So we are traveling all over the place um, and just trying to keep our head above water as we are everywhere. <laughs> nice. Well, I'm glad you're joining us too. And then now the beautiful Sue. How's your last Well manicured. Fuck, he just looks good. Delicious. The last seven days have been fucking awesome. So as you guys are alluding to my beautiful appearance currently, I had a a chemical peel done on my face. (laughs) I love it. Gracefully. So, you know, I signed a new client at my thousand dollar a month rate. And then I gave that thousand dollars straight to the cosmetic surgery place that did the skin peel. That's how you get ahead in life, buddy. You keep it up. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a weekend, I'm, I'm a couple days into the recovery. My skin's all red. It's peeling. And uh, I'm feeling kind of tight. But I think it's a good result. Um, other than that, uh, I've been having some personnel issues with uh, some of the coaches that I hired recently. I had to let two of them go. And my only, um, I guess, like message there is that there are a lot of people who hold themselves back from their own success and their issues are none other than themselves. It's not the world. It's not other people. It's that they don't believe in themselves. And you, it, there's just so much damage that you can do when you don't think you are worth worth the success. That's all I'm going to say. Um, and then, uh, oh, I'm, I'm having a, uh, a friend date with uh, Dasha, who is on this show so hopefully she listens to this and she was texting me she was like yeah we can go to fairs we can go apple picking we can go out for dinner we can walk around boston i'm like what is this like a like a date or are we like (laughs) what what is this what is this I would ask too, though. <laughs> like, we're going to be picking apples. What are you talking about? <laughs> we'll go out there on Friday. We have plans to hang out in Boston. So hopefully my face goes up by, by that so I can go on this date with her. So we'll see. Nice. Yeah, man. You'll look like three years younger. <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting for it. All right. So my last seven days, as you all know, I went to Asheville, North Carolina and spent my 41st birthday. It was fucking amazing. Great time. Great town. And, and I got the amazing label that I had to Google. So you will know my age, but Sue, can you type in devil dick into Google? <laughs> devil dick. All right. One word or two words? It's two words, but I need him to read this because I think it'll be funnier with him reading it than me. I mean, what do you want me to like? It, the definition. The definition urban dictionary? Yeah, that's the funny one. That's mm-hmm. the funny one. It says, usually in reference to quote unquote fuckboy. Yeah, <laughs> a penis, a penis that is so fucking enchanted, it is capable of putting one under a spell, much like the devil himself. A penis so magnis- magnificent, that it will drive you to the point of absurdity just to obtain it. Proceed with caution. Nice. Yep. So that was my Asheville trip. That was my last. Who called you that? It's good, Chelsea. I fucking fell out laughing at dinner. I just couldn't fucking believe it. She's like, you got that fucking devil dick. And I was like, what? (laughs) I like, because I was getting drunk the whole time. All I did was drink the whole time I was there. And it was a beautiful experience. I'm my first ever smoked old fashioned. 
Yeah, it was beautiful. Anyway, oh, no, if you go no. to Asheville, I recommend it. it brings out the devil dick, I guess. But uh, all right. So we got our Q&A with you ladies. We have some good questions lined up. Um, I guess, you know what? We'll begin with the hot one. Uh, who here has used psychedelics for depression? I feel like that was aimed strictly at me. I didn't really take it personal either. Uh, yeah, you can chime in as well. I know you have some use there as well. Um, how I did it was I did the microdosing protocol. And if you do the mushroom version, they say when we had Paul Austin on, it was like 200 milligrams was the recommended dose on a, on a microdose. I think 500 was more, or was more the better one. And then, um, for me, the LSD therapy was 10 micrograms twice a week, five weeks on five weeks off. Uh, that did really good. I don't like big full blown trips as much. They're not for me. But the microdosing was very, very helpful on my depression um, because it allowed me to just think a little differently. And then I'll pass it to whoever wants to chime in next if they have any use there. If not, we'll move on to the next one. I'm a big fan of macrodosing when it comes to those things. <laughs> <laughs> but what I can say is that I feel like it's like pressing the reset button. Like that's what we always call mm -hmm. it. Like it always, sometimes you like go into a trip and you like want to get something out of it. And then sometimes you just like let it come to you. And I think that both, both serve their purpose, but it is like, for me, it's like that mental reset. Yep. Um, I don't, I didn't use it for depression. Uh, I've never really been depressed, but I, I have anxiety and I've talked about it before. Um, so honestly, actually the day I do it, I'm actually a little more revved up, but the next day, man, you better not have plans. Like, you better be planning to watch football or run back an entourage, like, you know, where you're marathon and it's something because your serotonin dump is so intense the next day that um, you just want to chill and take advantage of that. So that'll last, it seems, about till midweek. I bet if I didn't have such a stressful life and shit, it would probably last longer. Um, and then, you know, midweek, then like Jeff said, you'd be hitting it again because you only do it about every three to four days. So it's for me, it was more that serotonin dump. that's really cool. Um, I do enjoy the actual day of it too, but um, I always know that that next day is going to be real chill. And so I can kind of just kind of de-stress my body. That's why a lot of my clients who do it the day after their HRV is insane. Um, and yep. you can it. Like you can feel it. It's pretty intense. So yeah. yeah. I remember the first time I did it with you <clears throat> when I brought it up there, I watched that ant take that piece of dirt for about 30 minutes straight and just drag it. And I was like, Nate, you're so fucking cool. And I would just sit there drinking a beer while watching it. it was we were at the pool, right? Yeah, we were at Troy's pool, I guess. Was, mm -hmm. Yeah, we were hanging out at anyone else or do we want to go to the next question? Sue, like, just wants shakes his head at our mischievousness, I feel. Okay. Hey, you know, I need, man, but that's about it. I, you know, one time I ate half a chocolate mushroom bar and I just tasted like shit. It really didn't do anything. Shrooms, the, the microdosing shrooms is very mild for me. Like, yeah. And then, um, you know, I have people that have tried it that can't even feel it. Um, so I, they love the microdosing of the acid conversely. And I mean, I don't know, I don't push anything on anyone, but you know, people think they're, you're tripping, you're not, um, the day of you're just more focused in, in the moment. So like yeah. I, first time I did it with Jeff, man, I had like four clients in a show and we went and trained at my favorite gym, which is about an hour away. And man, I was so into the workout. And then we stopped at Chipotle. And like, before you know it, like four hours later, I'm like, oh my <laughs> yeah. God, I've looked at my phone, dude. Everyone's like, where are you? I'm like, that's the first time I've ever done that. But I just didn't care about anything other than just chilling with the people I was with. So, um, yeah. I will say this though. 
I don't, I argue to anyone who says they don't feel when they microdose mushrooms. I'm like, either sit down and type or start writing in a journal. And I guarantee you that that's when well, the microdose When I look at my TV, it looks like it's kind of floating. Uh, yeah. So I kind of feel it, but it's just not as intense as microdosing LSD for a lot of people is what I found. That's all. Agreed. All right. Next question. Cholesterol. What can I do to improve it? So the scenario was low HDL, high LDL, high triglycerides. Client was only on TRT. So I will chuck that one to Jeffrey Sue first. Say that again, Jeff. Sorry. Oh, you asshole. Cholesterol was low, low HDL, high LDL, bad triglycerides. They were like 200 and something and only on TRT. Hadn't recently competed or anything like that. It was strictly just cholesterol. Diet consideration um, was probably more uh, normal for what I can understand, like your typical gym pop situation. Well, how long? My questions would be how long they've been on TRT and what exactly are they running for TRT? Because TRT can be defined as so many different things depending on who you ask. From an actual HRT clinic. An actual HRT clinic? Well. Assuming that the dose is like, I don't know, 125 mgs per week, that seems like a pretty good TRT dose. Um, I think they could definitely benefit from a higher fat diet. Number one, they could benefit from the Sartan. Um, they could benefit from taking some Carditone as well and resveratrol. Um, other than that, yeah, like Jason said, genetic. I don't know if you have anything to add to that, Jason. Uh, I, I would add krill oil. Um, you know, I, I go in with krill oil, um, the D lemonine that Austin has talked about at, um, like some of the seminars. So I do fortify krill oil. I do Viva brand. Um, I do the D lemonine about 2000 milligrams. And then of course I'm going to put a shit ton of extra virgin olive oil in the diet, bring carbs down some, um, there are some people that you, you know, you hear like, oh, go keto or just go higher fat. There are a few people that when you go high fat, their cholesterol gets worse. And I don't care if it's good fats or not. There's a gene and forgive me. I don't forget, remember the name of it, but um, I actually have it. So I have to be, I have to find that balance. I don't need real high fat, but I still need those EFAs. So I still need to work in that extra version. So for me personally, around 55 grams of fat, where I save a lot of it for EFAs, eat lower fat foods, get the EFAs in the omega-3 eggs, the extra virgin olive oils, and then hit those supplements on TRT. My cholesterol looks really good. Um, I'm genetic producer of uh, LDL and a little bit lower on the HDL. Um, so anytime uh, I'm going to do a blast or something like that, I'm going to have to deal with uh, poor cholesterol. Um, so yeah, I agree. I, I do think Sue's right too, though. Like a lot of these TRT clinics are 200 MIGs and I've seen that impact people. And so they can lower that as well if they're, you know, really concerned. But also remember though, check your CRP. Um, if you're really low inflammation, uh, you know, you're and your cholesterol isn't terrible. You might be fine. You could be fine. Like you, you, you need inflammation plus, you know, uh, the actual, cholesterol to kind of start plaquing um, one without the other. You, you don't necessarily have as much of a concern. So check your CRP too. 
Hey Jason, I have a question. I use the uh, I use the delamine and the krill, and it works really well. Yeah, uh, I've actually gotten people off of cholesterol uh, scripts right. using yeah. that, that concoction. Yeah. But I have a handful of people that will do the delamine, and they are like, I feel like I'm burping orange peels all day long. Like, is there any trick to taking it, or something else you can take that does the same thing? I've never heard of that, honestly. Uh, no one's ever complained to me, so I've heard I've a couple with the same with the same one, and, I, and it's like the only common denominator that I'm like, it's got to be that. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be that if you're bourbon and orange peel, because that's what it's the extract. Mm -hmm. But I don't know, like maybe take it after the meal. But I, my guess is that's probably just something they're prone to. And, you know, okay. if it's that big of a problem, they're probably going to have to find another way. I don't know if there's like a sublingual, like, I don't know. I've never delved into it, which that may be an option. I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to, obviously I'm going to have to play around with it because it keeps yeah. coming up. <laughs> so I'll let you know. Yeah, definitely. Lisa, anything you want to fire in there? Yeah, I was just going to say for majority of our clients, I mean, it's been pretty interesting because um, our ideal client is mostly women who come from a history of like chronically under eating. And so if they do get lab work done for us and send that over, a lot of the times they're just, they have high cholesterol, but then the foods, the little foods that they are eating are again, just very like bad fats, like very trans fats. And they're just genuinely not educated on how to set up even good meals or like healthy fats, a good portion of carbs or anything. And so a lot of the time we just have to really take it back to the basics of our clients um, before going like hardcore into the supplements even, and just educate them back on like olive oil. Like a lot of our clients think like all oils are bad. And so just hearing where you guys are at too, if it's super interesting, um, just because a lot of the women that we work with, it's, it's mostly like the diet and just knowing good foods from, you know, quote unquote, bad foods again, and really just getting them re-educated on nutrition in general. That's a very good point. I also uh, will throw on there. Well, Sue, you go ahead. Yeah. I want to add one thing here that Alicia brought up. Like if you're chronically under eating or people coming off of a contest prep, and this is, I'm talking about naturals. Mm -hmm. um, if you have, have been starved basically your body will actually compensate for that stress by producing higher levels of ldl and um, triglycerides since the liver manufactures a lot of the cholesterol that our body contains and it's uh it's a defense mechanism like your brain because the brain is made up of fat basically um so if you see that in lab work and you're like wait a minute like this person's been eating like 1200 calories of a prep diet of like fish and greens and olive oil and like why are they, you know, showing poor cholesterol, poor lipid profile? It's because of the diet itself being stressed. The body will synthesize cholesterol as a defense mechanism. Yep. I would like to throw in two supplements that I did that really worked was cholestin by, what was it, Jason? Neutrodine? Cholestin is by Neutrodine. Yeah. And they, it's like red rice yeast extract and then garlic was really helpful for my cholesterol as well. I think that was some good stuff. I really like the point about the food. I think the food fixes about 90% of the problem. And then you're kind of looking at genetics and the supplements, depending upon what other scenarios are at play. Um, Sarah, I actually have a question for you. You have a bariatric background with who you work with, with your clients. You notice any of that, like uh, anything with the cholesterol and the bariatrics or no? Nothing mm. special. Mm, so, but okay. everybody's coming, coming to me at a different part of their journey. So, I mean, typically I see somebody when they've either stalled or when they were where I was when I came to Jason, like starving and doing a ton of cardio and lifting and just looking worse. So it's, I mean, there's just such a big spectrum of who comes to me. And I think that 
I think that there's a, a point in time where you, you have to stop thinking of yourself as a weight loss surgery patient because it stops defining you once you get to a certain part of your journey. Agreed. I can see that. All right. The next question, Jeffrey Sue, I'm going to begin with you. What's your thoughts on poop testing? Stool testing. Um, I think it's a very, very important tool to uh, start off with when you are approaching any sort of dysbiosis or gut issue. Um, you know, when I first started, you know, troubleshooting cases like SIBO or any sort of H. pylori or Candida or whatever, um, I, I wasn't running a GI map. I just sort of assumed based off of uh, the MSQ or symptoms, right? And it wasn't until this year that, you know, that sort of thought process, you know, brought me up against some really, you know, high walls and I could not figure out some client cases. And so um, I reached out to some people who I, I trust and uh, got into reading the GI map and ordering it. And I've gotten really good at reading it. And it absolutely does provide you with an infinite amount of, um, I guess, insight into what exactly is going on in the gut. And fixing SIBO isn't as simple as hitting the hitting it with the antimicrobials. There is actually a sequence that you have to follow, and that sequence can vary depending on what's present on the test. So very important. Which ones do you like to use? Are yeah. you just doing the GI map? Because I know they have like that Viome one that I think is at home. Jeff Black, I think you told me about that one. Yeah, Viome was one. Yeah, I only use the GI map for for stool testing. Jason, you got anything on that? Um, you know, here's the deal. Um, I, I've used it before. I don't use it every time. It's 500 bucks. Um, if someone is bloating from water, they can't shit. Um, they feel terrible. They're bloating after every meal. I give them the option. Listen, we can go in, clean your gut out, run a SIBO protocol, or you can spend $500 to find out you have SIBO. What do you want to do? I know that, you know, the answer I'm supposed to give you is, you know, test, don't guess, blah, blah, blah. But that shit doesn't work for everyone in the real world. Okay. Like, so I sometimes, I oh my God, I sometimes go in and run a SIBO program without testing. Shh. Don't tell anyone. So they work. You and I just had this conversation because we were going over a client case. What was it last week? Somebody, you were like, she definitely should go and get the testing. But I was like, on top of, she just signed up. She's, she, we are getting some, some results. We're progressing. She, we're on a bunch of supplements and shit already. It's like, at what point do you have to just say, well, we're headed in the right direction. Um, maybe we don't need to throw another 500 bucks. Yeah, I mean, listen, if you have a client who's like, yeah, I want every test and I want it confirmed. I'm all for it. Let's read it. Let's see, you know, do you have H. pylori? Is it fungi? Is it a bacteria? Like, you know, what's your beta glucuronidase look like? I mean, it's a great test, but I'm just saying in the real world, I don't always run it. I mean, how often can you not work around it though? Like, cause I haven't gotten there yet. And maybe I will with this person that we were talking about last week, but I haven't gotten to the point that we couldn't fix somebody and that we needed to do it. Me neither. Well, okay. I'll give an example. Okay. So depending on how bad, for example, like it, let's say this, okay, very simple. If there's an H. pylori infection present, you have to fix H. pylori first. Um, other things you can do in conjunction. You don't always have to follow the five R's. Now, Talking about saving money, depending on what supplements that you like to use for H. pylori, depending on how much that overgrowth is, if it's really small, you can get away with maybe some dental cytin or some mastic gum or something like that. But if it's worse, then you have to do the allicin. You got to do the cinnamon bark extract. You got to do a whole bunch of other stuff. So it, it really depends. But the GI map, and the thing is like what 
I always, I always run a test because I cover the test. So it's a little different with my clients. Yeah. They're not paying for these tests. So I always run it. Um, but for me, it's, it's me personally, it's really opened up a, a brand new way of um, looking at these things and I'm better with the cases. So I'm sorry. Do you cover the test for all your levels of clients or for just your advanced care? Only for advanced care. Okay. All right, Alicia, your thoughts on poop testing. Well, for me, I'm like, uh, thank God I have Jeff, you know, Jeff that I meet with every single week, because honestly, um, for me, you know, I went to the, your guys' PEC last year, and that's when I really got into hormones and testing um, for all of my clients and stuff. And so this past year, I've been really getting into gut health and learning and um, educating and everything myself. And so it's been awesome having Jeff for mentorship for that, because not only, you know, do I get kind of a background on like how to read and like one of my clients is looking into getting a GI map and everything, but Jeff's been awesome at kind of educating me as well into like, okay, you should recommend a test or a SIBO protocol and everything too, as well. So usually first and foremost, though, I always um, get a good idea of where the client's at budget wise, like as we're signing them up and where they're kind of at job wise too. And especially I think for them, it's kind of just laying it out and being more honest and upfront with them as well. And that's something I'm getting better at too, is if they do have the bloating issues, which most of our, our clients do um, kind of just, you know, asking them upfront, are you going to be willing to make the extra investment into tests just so then I can kind of know um, for the future too, as well. So I would say like, I, I would love to, I always love to run the test to always, again, see the numbers. I'm a very like number person. But again, I think it, it really is just dependent on, on the client. I agree. Sarah, you want to pipe? No, I mean, I go, I think I'm on the fence about the whole thing because I think part of the problem is that Jeff Sue is so fucking good and he, uh, he's taught me all of his protocols and they work really well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I haven't really had to push any of that testing, but like I said, we were talking about a client last week that like, she might be somebody that we're, that we're going to have to get into. Um, you know, doing a little bit more, but, um, so far, like I, I got, I think that I team with Jason on this, that I haven't had anybody I haven't been able to fix just yet, but I'm sure the day will come. Yeah, I, I agree hundred percent. So <clears throat> I train mostly gym pop people and they're going to drink and they're going to eat bad food and things like that. So I kind of have that conversation, like we could do the testing. Or, you know, we can make an educated guess and then, you know, here's the deal. Once you begin fixing this shit, you kind of have to like go to this certain level, right? And they'll give you like 80%, but I just feel the kind of clients that I attract, unless like I've been working with them and have teased out different things over time, I disagree with Jason sometimes. You just treat it and just help them out. And it's just hard when you're like, because to me as a coach, like if I got a woman and she's got cyboist symptoms, I'll just go ahead and treat the cybo, especially if she's trying to save money. Cause I know the hormones are probably a little bit more important to, you know, in the grand scheme of things down the road. And it's better to take a whack at something and just get her to try to feel better. Cause you can always kind of circle back around to the gut health while they're working on their hormones. So, you know, if that doesn't resolve, so it's just different perspectives. But that's why it's cool to have us all because we've all got different perspectives. All right. Full disclosure, I'm glad that Jason fixed my gut so I didn't have to go through the collection process of that. There. That sounds like a turn off of the whole thing. Jason, why well, I've got your beautiful fucking attention. 
Uh, we've been accused of pimping new ethics supplements before, but I'm going to go ahead and just pimp it again, I guess. Uh, supplements for SIBO. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Um, well, I use our gut defender. Um, what does Jeffrey Sue know about gut defender? He won't use it. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I get it. You got to go in and kill H pylori. So maybe he uses zinc carnosine and all these things, but um, we kind of got gut defender set up to take care of, you know, a wide range. So I go in and just depends on how severe it is. Do I go heavy with the gut defender or do I go hard? And those are the antimicrobials that you need. Um, I use our biofilm resolve. If someone doesn't know about biofilms, I'll keep it short. We've talked about it before. It's just how um, bacteria kind of colonize to help protect themselves. They form kind of a gooey shell. We were just like people were practitioners were finding that if you didn't take care of that, you had about a 50% more chance of kind of reoccurrence. Um, and the antimicrobials couldn't get through um, the biofilms. Um, I use Biotics Research, Beta TCP or Beta Plus. That helps with bile, which a lot of the bad bacteria will chew up. Um, I use a lot of times Saccharomyces boulardii, which is uh, antimicrobial um, resistant. And that makes up a lot of my protocol with obviously diet and lifestyle changes. Um, low FODMAPs, pull out some of the other offenders, artificial sweeteners, alcohol, dairy, gluten, things like that. Um, and then, you know, you go into maintenance. Um, at that point, you know, you want to start bringing FODMAPs back in. You want to feed the good bacteria. You want to make sure you do that. I also put in more of a broad spectrum probiotic at that point in time, feed that with prebiotics. I'll use gourmet greens. I'll put certain foods in that will do it as well. You can do it that way. Um, so, uh, and then a lot of times I'll leave a little gut defender in, even in maintenance for like a month or two, like just two capsules. I find that that really stops relapse. I just don't have much relapse or poor success, um, with, with the way I do it. So those are some supplements for it. I, I think, uh, you know, mine's a little more streamlined. I know Jeff goes in with different ones based on like, does he use berberine or do, you know, he can speak to those types of things. Um, but I'd prefer to use our um, gut defender with new ethics. Sarah, what about you? I know you have uh, quite probably a bit of different cyber backgrounds because of, uh, I would think bariatric surgeries would probably give a lot of yeah, cyber yeah. issues. You know what? It's funny. I actually have moved into using one of Sue's like holy grail standard protocol for so many of my gut cases. And it works like a charm doing the aloe, two ounces, glutamine, five grams, and Lori, half a tab with every meal. That's like the baseline gut protocol for everybody. And then we build it out from there. Um, I do sometimes use like the Metagenics candy bactins. Um, I've used gut to, I have one gal who looked legit nine months pregnant and gut defender alone. It was before you had the biofilm um, that like fixed her and she's perfect. So it just like kind of depends on the person and what they're presenting, but um, I've backed into it a couple different ways. Alicia, I'm letting Sue go last. No, I was just going to give a class. <laughs> no, it's okay. I was just going to say, I agree totally with Sarah. Obviously her and I kind of have similar protocols with um, gut issues and stuff. But one thing that was super interesting with a recent client of mine, um, I know I brought this up to you, um, Jeffrey, but 
she was taking like a probiotic and it was just making her gut issues even worse. And so that was definitely kind of something new for me too, as well. Um, and just really good, like kind of teaching moment for her too, as well. And so it's just kind of was a good reminder that probiotics, it's not like always the answer to heal gut health. It's not just about taking your greens and just popping a probiotic and, you know, cutting out certain things from the diet. And sometimes you have to go, you have to cut some supplements out and, you know, readdress them later once you fix the gut health. Green powder is like out of control. Like all of the, like all to all of the greens powder stuff, it gets like out of control. And you just yeah. like look at the labels and you're like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah. Then no, I agree. The greens screw a lot of people up. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm basically a gut defender, biofilm resolve guy. So relentless 10 shameless plug before I turn it over to Jeffrey Sue to teach us on all the different ways we could do it. So you got like, probably I'm just going to limit it to five minutes. So whatever you gotta say, you gotta say in five minutes or less. All right. So first of all, if you're looking at the GI map, there are a couple areas you can attack, right? So like I said, there's H. pylori, there's Candida, there's your opportunistic bacterial overgrowth, which is known as SIBO. And then you have your... Uh, immune system response down the bottom with, um, you know, your steatocrit, your beta-glucuronidase that's detox, and of course, your secretory IgA. So like Sarah was talking about in terms of the, the baseline protocol, you can basically assume that if you have overgrowth, you do have leaky gut or more quote-unquote intestinal permeability because the bacteria damages that intestinal lining. So that's why that zinc carnosine, glutamine, and aloe vera juice can be applied in basically every case as a foundation. But from there, the GI map really allows you to build out a case or, or an approach. So if you have H. pylori, for example, you might want to start with something like dentocidin because H. pylori can originate in the mouth, okay? If you have candida, candida is something that's really hard to kill with just one antimicrobial. So I don't like just using one product. I like to cycle products over a four-week period. So four weeks, you use this. Next four weeks, you do this. And you cycle it. There's many ways to do it. And then on top of all that, you can use Jason's product. The biofilm resolve obviously breaks off biofilm, the basic substance that these bacteria house themselves in. And of course, got the fetter, which is a great product, which contains a lot of these antimicrobials. But if you want to get more targeted, if you want to spend the money, you can do stuff like high dose cyclarity on its own. You can do stuff like colostrum. You can do stuff like NAC and Jason's Metapure to boost the immune system. That'll get secretory IgA up. And then if you want to supplement with things like acrylic acid or grapefruit seed extract, allicin, oregano, you can cycle those things to help with candida. So there's just so much that you can do with a GI map. And that's why I personally always get that test because it's allowed me to target and be more effective with my protocols instead of running something that I used to do for, let's say, 12, 16 weeks and hope it sticks. Now I know it will work. I agree with that. All right. Next question, we take a little turn. Is our market flooded with coaches? Dun, 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 dun. Uh, Alicia, let's say you. I think how long have you been coaching? Um, well, illegally, or <laughs> I was gonna say, like, I've been coaching for free since <laughs> I was like 16. I started my journey when I was 16. I, I coach people for free. Um, then I got certified right when I was 18. I'm 21, soon to be 22 in about a week, exactly a week. So um, I've been coaching, I mean, take it or leave it, like five, six years, if free Fair. and paid. <laughs> so uh, yeah. Well, let's say you, is our market flooded with coaches? Oh, absolutely. Is it flooded with coaches? Yes. Is it flooded with good coaches? No. 
And so every single market I believe is saturated. Um, it's competitive, but I mean, if you're going to let that discourage you, it's like, how bad do you really want it? You know, there's plenty of growth in the coaching and within the next five, 10 years, I, I really truly believe if you don't get into gut health, hormone health and know how to, you know, directly help your clients with that, you're just going to be like every other Instagram coach. And that was a really big thing for me because it's just like, okay, you can provide workouts and nutrition and it's like, cool, everyone and their mom does that now on Instagram. How are you going to distinguish yourself? And so if you can do that and show up on social media and clearly express that, it doesn't matter if there's, if it's saturated or not, because you're going to stand out. Well said, Jason, what do you think? You're a granddad in this industry. I know. Like I mean, me, 16 yeah. years. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely saturated. I mean, I, you know, I sometimes think about like, what would I do if I was trying to, you know, get in now compared to um, how it was when I did, I mean, <laughs> I, you know, I did it through message boards uh, and then local. I had people come to my house on Sundays and um, I'd actually meet with them in person and pull body fat and that kind of spread my reputation. Um, so yeah, it's saturated, but like Alicia said, um, that doesn't mean that you can't be successful. I mean, I see people getting in every day. I mean, you know, what I think Sue's been at it maybe eight years. So I mean, I already had seven and here he came, you know, and then Jeff Black, I mean, you know, I probably had seven years on him and here he came and they're both extremely successful. Um, so, you know, uh, I don't know what Sarah, you might have four years in now, maybe more, don't quote me if I'm wrong, but in your, you're doing great. So there's room. It's just, like anything, uh, there's a little bit of luck involved. I think timing involved. I also think who you know, your network, all those things matter. If you're trying to do this completely alone, I think you will really fail unless you're a gimmick. Um, most people, I think, you know, pay a mentor, get with a team, go to seminars, network, network, and, and get to know people. And if you're not real strong at that, I think it becomes a lot tougher these days. Um, I think you have to be a people person, um, even if you're damn good um, to, to really get your business going. So, yeah, that's I've been so, in it. Just go ahead. No, I was just going to say that's so true. Like my, my online business, I didn't officially get my LLC for like Philadelphia females until last year. And for me, it was like COVID was the best fucking thing that ever happened for online for me and so I totally agree with you Jason where you're like it's all about taking the opportunity because it was like going from me like working like three jobs to having absolutely nothing it was like okay if I'm gonna make this you can seize on the opportunity everyone's sitting around COVID-15 <laughs> gaining and so it's like taking taking that opportunity and running with it and hiring mentors has been the best thing that has just accelerated um, my process for myself. So I, I couldn't agree more. I agree. I've been in it 16 years, but I uh, know five was when I got into it part-time in-person training. And I was like, because of the bodybuilder in me knew like you had to like give people diets to be successful and things like that. I was already like doing, I got into the online space when I started the Exxon's cartel with these guys, really all my online stuff until then had been just referrals that I was doing for people. But once I started meeting people and getting mentorships and things like that, like I've known Jason since 2010, we met at a show. Had I never done junior nationals, probably would never met Jason. 
And that little fat bastard actually had a fucking Snickers of mine, pig. But um, anyway, you know, and I, I, I was thinking about that just the other day, like or yesterday when Instagram went down. I was like, well, hell, fucking a good chunk of my business is still intact if social media went away. Like, you know what I mean? So, like, I looked at it as like a flip yesterday. Like, oh, me and Sarah talked about this earlier, too. I was like, well, at least I wouldn't have to go sweat. But um, I think that that's like the, the marketplace is flooded with coaches. And I think the marketplace is getting flooded with business coaches who are fucking up the coaches and not giving them a chance to actually be successful. Because they're like, it, it's just I understand what they're trying to do because I get marketing. Right. But the problem is like you don't get the long term sustainability of a business model when you're just trying to just hook them and catch them and, and throw them back in the water is what I think. So um, I think that what you're going to see probably in the next few years is the cream of the crop will rise even further and then the distance will be so far apart that it will probably just start gaining ground. It will be like uh, once every few years, you'll see a few just break through that just work goddamn hard to make it happen. But I think outside of that, it's just going to be those who are going in the area. You said stress, gut health, hormones, all that will go pretty far. Um, Sarah, what say you? More people are getting into your space, aren't they? The bariatric, are they coming for that? I'm going to come for it. I mean, the people that we might call my competition, I think that they shame on them for calling themselves coaches. I think that something that was really important from my first coaching experience with Jason is Jason taught me that, I mean, he lives the lifestyle too. And I think that that is something that is really missing in the bariatric coaching space. You see these people that are here to um, just tell you it's okay that you're gaining weight and that, you know, you just need to learn to love yourself. And, um, and it's not so much about the aesthetics, it's about the health. And that's what we always talk about, right? I mean, sure, it might show on the outside, but it's about what we're doing on the inside. And so I think that the bariatric space is going to be flooded for like a hot second. I've already seen a handful of these girls put on 30 and 50 pounds and still trying to sell their coaching services. And I'm sorry, I have a really hard time, um, you know, thinking that it's a good idea to hire a coach to teach you how to live a healthy lifestyle when you don't live one yourself. Thanks. Agree. Jeffrey Sue. I know me and you get questions because they insult us all the time about like they can help us make 10 K a month and stuff like that. But you know, I know you have a lot to say about a good business coach in the fitness space. To, to echo what you guys have all said, I think they're, I mean, yeah, to answer the question, it's highly saturated. And I think, um, you know, to be successful in this coaching business. Well, first of all, I want to say that I think a lot of people who listen to us or maybe follow people on Instagram think that this is a business that you can easily be successful in. And it's really not. It's kind of like when you go to the Olympian, you see like everyone has a good body, but that's like a very, very tight concentration of probably the top like percentage physiques in the world, all in one space. So you think that, oh, everyone's in shape, but no, the average person looks like shit, right? So just like here on this podcast, I think I can say here without getting specific that all of us are over 20K per month producers. All of us are here today on this podcast. So you think that, oh, every coach just makes 20K. So leading into my point here is that if you're trying to get this business to make money, you're going to fail and you're in for a fucking surprise. Second thing is if you're not already passionate about fitness and helping people prior to even thinking about making this a job, you're going to fail and you're in for a fucking surprise. And then I think, um, you know, a, a lot of people, you know, when they hire these coaches and all that, they're not making the mistakes that they need to make that the true people who have, you know, pioneered this space have made in the, in the past. So it's, it's a little different when you don't 
you know, fall and scrape your knee on the bike when you have someone guiding you the whole time. So that could set yourself up for failure in the future. And I think, you know, to, to, you know, kind of wrap things up here is that while it is saturated, the cream does rise to the rise to the top. And it's really about putting out undeniable results. And um, if you can't do that, you can have all the marketing, all the coaches, all the VAs in the world, and your business will eventually crumble and fail. And um, the sad part is to all that is that I see a lot of people liking photos on Instagram of client transformations if they're not even good. And that's the thing. People think it's good. So then like, you know, they, that's how these, these coaches will flourish. And they keep churning out clients on stage that look like they're 60 weeks out. Meanwhile, Jason, who's a real prep coach, you look at his people and they're like fucking light years, like next level. And so if you keep doing that kind of work, people will be able to compare A to B and they'll be like, okay, this is shit. And Jason's the real deal. You know, so you want to strive to be like Jason. I mean, the nature of our business is, is I mean, at least on my end, my, mine's completely 100% referral based. So if you're not doing right by your people, it's, you're not going to grow. Um, you have to be good. And, I'm, and I've invested so much money and time um, in three of you up here um, amongst other resources so that I can give the best product to my clients. And I don't think that most of these coaches are doing that. Yeah, I think here's where I, I think the issue is. I think everyone gets bought into the numbers, like Sue says. And I think they just go, okay, well, that person there got them to 20K, so they just go underneath it. And it's just a marketing gimmick is what it really is. And I think that when you're trying to grow as a coach, the best thing I can say, if you're really trying to do is one, learn, and two, education. And they're two separate things. Like you've got to be willing to learn it. And then you've also got to be willing to be diligent to continually educate yourself in it. Like I know every single person on here reads something all the time, every day to get a little bit better than everybody else. And I think that those are two things there. Our final two questions, Sue and Jason, I'm going to have you guys hold yours for the next one. Okay. We'll just round out these two. You guys go with that. You're so beautiful, Sue. I just can't help but smile when I see you. How do you convince a woman to eat more? Fuck Sarah. Give me the answer. Oh my gosh. Well, I, I explained the why behind it. I always say that I think it's really hard to do something if you don't know why you're doing it. Um, and I also think I just had a client yesterday who checked in after her first week and she said, God, I feel like I'm eating so many carbs. I feel so bloated. I feel so this. And I, and I looked at her pictures and I said, I'm so glad that you trusted me a little bit this week and followed the plan because she literally lost like six pounds and she looks so much leaner and she's eating much more volume calories and not in her boot camp class working her ass off. And like literally one week it was like, okay. So I think there is that element. I fucking hate saying trust the process. I think it's an annoying thing to say to somebody, but I think yeah. educating clients on the why behind it. And then having that, just give me a couple of weeks. And like, and if I'm wrong, you know, I'll be wrong. And I know that Sue would probably say, I'll return your money too. <laughs> but I think that if there's that element of, you know, you hired me to be a professional and I was in the same space. I came to Jason eating 800 calories. And I remember eating my first air fried potato thing. And there's no fucking way I'm allowed to be eating this. And then all of a sudden I look leaner the next week. <laughs> Jason, what about you? How do you get a woman to eat more? Is that really, I know you deal with a lot of competitors and like yeah. and stuff like um, that. So, well, it's not, I mean, it's not the competitors. Um, the competitors know they have to eat. I mean, they do have trouble sometimes where, you know, they're feeling fluffy and um, those are a little easier. I mean, I just remind them of the goals. Um, usually, you know, even if it's, a, you know, bikini girl, if they're not pro yet, they probably need size, you know? Um, so I remind them of what our goals are, what their goals are. 
and you know what they're going to need to do to get there and usually you know that that snaps them out of it um you know it's sometimes a little harder with um a lot of the you know metabolic adaptation clients or you know people that have hormonal issues they've been in that mindset for years um of just diet 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 i remember i asked one client um I, I reversed it for like six months and we were chatting and I said, you know, really how long has your focus been fat loss? And she goes 11 years. And I go, yeah, we're going to need more than six months. Um, and this is going to take a really long time. And so, you know, it's been a battle, but I remind her that she spent so much time uh, that her metabolism is just really not there and we've got to eat more. So it's really for me, over and over reminding of goals and how this short amount of time has to be gone through. Um, and if they don't, then they're going to just go right back to where they were and their body's never going to respond. Um, so, you know, is that the only way? I don't know, but I've had a lot of good success doing it that way. Alicia hit me. Oh, I love this question. I'm so excited. You I expect, yeah. I expect a real because fucking excited answer. Um, cause I'm going to kind of swing it like a different way. Cause I assume like for, for me and like, I've heard this question a lot too, from, from coaches. And I love what Jason said, because I think a big part of this where a lot of people fuck this up is, um, on the actual sales call. And so one big mistake that I had made in the beginning, and I think a lot of coaches make is they might tell the client like first scenario here where, okay, like I'm going to help you lose fat, this and that. And you kind of like tell the client what they want to hear. And then they get into the program and then you're giving them more food and then they're like you know what the hell like I don't want to eat more food and they have the fears um and then or number two on the sales call another thing that I see is coaches kind of going through and say yeah we're going to go through a reverse diet we're going to eat more we're going to do this this and this and to us like it's cool because we're coaches and we think it's cool to like get scientific and get into it and explain it because we're like oh it makes sense like we're going to do the reverse diet but to the client it's like holy shit, like that's scary eating food. And they don't, in all reality, like they don't care about the scientific process or anything like that. And so for me, like I've kind of shifted the way that I explain it and I'm upfront with it, like right on as early as the sales call. So then the female knows like exactly what we're going to do once we're getting into the program. So rather than like talking about like a reverse diet and everything, um, usually I, I ask them, you know, like, okay, like your goal is to lose 30 pounds what have you, what have you tried to lose that 30 pounds? And they're going to list off ideally, you know, like keto, I've tried like the fish diet, this, this, and this, and then you can kind of reflect back to them. Okay. Like I tried keto and you tried keto and obviously it wasn't sustainable because I love carbs too. I love like the fish diet didn't work for you because that that's just freaking awful. You know, what's the oh. game plan now? Like we see that these diets didn't work for you and your body didn't respond. So do you think going on another diet or going into another fat loss phase is going to be the right answer? And they're going to be like, no. And you're like, yeah, exactly. And so we should probably like fix your metabolism first and don't like really talk about increasing the food and all these nitty gritty things, explain to them, like, we need to reset your metabolism. Then we're going to take you into the fat loss phase. And then we're going to do put you into maintenance phase or whatever, like your coaching, your program details are. So then once you do start the coaching program, they know exactly what you're doing, like why you're increasing the food, like, okay, we're resetting that metabolism. So that's just like a big thing that I've seen from coaches is them like explaining to the client, the scientific stuff. And it's like, 
guys, like they, they don't give a fuck about the scientific process. They just want to lose weight. They don't want to feel bloated. But if you explain to them, like kind of giving them what they want to hear, um, and then also giving them results on the back end, um, it's going to make a lot more sense to them. So me like giving it more on the front end of the sales calls has really, really helped um, as I pass it off, even to like my coaches, because then the client and the coach knows exactly what's coming up. It's just in different languages. So I think like speaking your client's language is like the biggest thing. And that just goes back to like communication skills. Good point. Good point. So I'll let you round this out before I go to the final one. I've been in eating more. I mean, most of the time I have people like eating too much. So I'm trying to get them to eat less. But I mean, with the reverse dieting, you know, I think like Jason, Jason nailed it when he said reminding people about how long they've been, you know, kind of going the wrong way. And, you know, a correction to that trajectory isn't going to be, you know, a 12 week, 16 week fix. It's likely going to be at least six months or more if they're executing perfectly too. So I'm also not only reminding of, of the timeline, but also on the percentage of, you know, targets hit during that timeline. And obviously the closer to hundred percent execution, the closer you, you know, the faster you, you fix things and you, you can actually get down to a lean down phase. So. Agreed. How many people would you, are you reversing? How many are you dieting? Like what's your ratio of people that come to you that need to eat more or need to eat less? I would say like 80% need to eat more. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'd agree with that. Yeah. About 80% of the women I get are eating too little and 20% are eating too much. But they also look better once you start feeding them up. It's like, it's, yep. I mean, all of them. <laughs> yep. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And I'll try to tell people like you should eat before you go get your blood work too. you know, like fix that stuff and just kind of see what that corrects before you kind of go down this road. Cause I've done it before and then everything's trash and all they do is freak out when they see that it just sucks. I'm like, well, I told you that. I want to add one more thing though, within that context of eating more slowly, that doesn't mean go off and like have like a binge, like cheat meal, like every weekend or whatever. You know? Yeah. That's where I said, I want you to eat less in that context. What we're talking about in terms of eating more is slowly and control ads of, you know, tension carbs a little bit of fats here and there it's very methodical it's not just hey go and go to like hit, hit like a golden corral like buffet or whatever you know it's it, that's a word <laughs> yeah nice 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 all right best forms of cardio me personally i like hit and less steps and short bursts of high intensity interval training like four to six intervals post-workout i know jason i told him about doing the battle rope seated what did you think of those jason when you did the battle rope seated uh, I only did it once. I mean, it's fine, but I, I prefer to stand. Really? See, oh man, I hated it. I like just sitting, but those are my two forms of cardio. I'm more steps and less kind of guy than I am anything else. Um, if a client likes to do miss on like jogging or something like that, I'm totally cool with it. I just program the food accordingly for the day, um, that they do their miss on. So that way, you know, I'm overcompensating or compensating for that extra that they might be doing and things like that. But, um, uh, I think that cardio is cardio. I don't think that the step mill is superior to the elliptical or anything like that as well. Oh, Sarah, I'm going to flirt with you for a second. What are the, what's the best forms of cardio? I use all three for different reasons. And I've gotten, and I've, and I've changed the way that I do things a lot since working with Jeff too. Um, and there are a lot of cases where he's like, you need to just like push a little bit harder. <laughs> 
there are some cases where it's like, you know, you have to scale back and there's, it just, it's totally dependent on the client, but it also depends on like their lifestyle, how much time they have, um, what kind of phase that we're in as far as speeding up or cutting down. And so I, I use all three and, um, and I, for, for different purposes, I just don't, I don't have one that I stick, stick with where I think I used to really just sit in like the list and hit range, but I've been adding in some this with um, certain clients and it's worked out fantastically over the last maybe six months. So I found a place for all three. Fair, good, sexy point. Jeffrey Sue, the magician himself. What say you? Uh, with cardio, I think I, I favor two forms. One would be lists, outdoor walking. I prefer it in the morning. It stimulates, you know, the SCN, you know, getting light into your eyes basically and sets off that, you know, beautiful circadian rhythm. So, you know, one or two miles in the morning outdoors would be a good place to start. If I'm going to go for interval training, any sort of more intense work, especially with the gen pop people who just can't dig in and do a 10 second true work interval, I really like doing work intervals of like one minute where by 45 seconds in, they're actually digging and working hard with a two minute rest. interval. So it's a three, three minute yeah. uh, basically. Right. So let's say you repeat that 10 times at 30 minutes worth of medium intensity uh, cardio training. And I prefer that sort of intensity, uh, that sort of interval work for the um, gem pop people. Um, and then one other application with cardio and, if you're using those two forms is that when you're feeding up, you can actually add food and add cardio in the same week. And then the next week you don't you take out the cardio and you leave the food the same. Then when you're feeding up again, you're adding more carbs, add the cardio back in, and then you take it out again and you leave it the same. You can step people up like that and use cardio as a nutrient partitioning tool to prevent them from gaining and kind of like kind of nudge the metabolism up by doing it that way. So give that a shot. Good point. Alicia, you yeah, I would say mostly kind of like what you said, steps and um, lists. I have one client, though, where we did put in some hit because she has like her just like a really like kind of stressful, like really busy, actually, is how I should phrase that busy, like stressful next couple of weeks with her wedding coming up. And so um, Jeff and I put in kind of literally just like some hit for her to do during the week, just to make her workouts. Like that's the only thing she's doing, like no workouts and just really focusing on the diet too. And she's been dropping like crazy. Like she dropped four pounds in a week, um, from that so far. So she's been killing it. And so I think again, kind of just what Sarah said, it kind of depends on the client, but I would say majority of mine, we just focus on steps um, and the lists and, you know, try to keep cardio kind of a, as low as possible. Tight. What say you, Jason Gramps? I don't really know that I got a ton of other things to say that's been said. Um, you know, I, I like, I do still like fasted lists. Um, I like hits. I like hits on spin bikes, um, usually mm -hmm. 20 seconds at a time, yep. you know, a minute to recover. Uh, I like ropes if you're trying to save legs. Um, same type of thing, 20 minutes, 20 seconds, minute to recover. Um, you know, I mean, I, I think we've proven with myself that you can't just walk yourself into shred and not also still potentially affect CNS. So I think there's still a balance that has to be struck um, with everyone. I do think that um, women seem to be able to handle still a little bit more bodily stress and like just pounding than men. I'm not saying they don't get hormonal problems, but in terms of not losing muscle and being able to do it, um, 
the people I've done the steps with, it seems like women prefer it more so far than, than guys. So I don't know. I don't know where I'm at on just the step thing, but my general go-to is lists and um, hits. Good call. All right. I got a special bonus question. Yay. Sue, did you ever have to give the money back or not? No, I did not. And she's actually going to continue as a client because we are making progress now. Oh, so. you fucking lucky bastard. I was hoping for a different outcome there. Not that I wish oh, yeah. you will. It was just the way that it went down was more funny to me than anything. All right. Well, that was beautiful, ladies. I've got a little show notes. I've got to wrap up real quick. So bear with me for a minute. We got the PEC5, January 28th, 29th, Dallas, Texas. Brandon DeCruz will be on there presenting, and so will John Jewett. Um, myself and Jamie uh, Flyler and uh, JR, who did the Strength Finder episode, will be presenting on Friday. And then we have Vince, uh, Jason, Sue, Brandon, Austin, and John Jewett and Laura Conlin on Saturday. So we're going to do this. It'll be coming live on the www.theexcellencecartel.com website here soon we're going to do it right at 90 days out which is roughly the end of october the tickets will be 500 for the two-day event and then if you want vip which includes training with the panel and a dinner where the dinner is actually included in the price that'll be 900 we're going to do 10 of those tickets we might open up to 15 um the gym that we will be using will be hidden gym they're going to be one of our sponsors out of Dallas. I'm good friends with uh, Greg McCoy and he was nice enough to let us have his facility. So we are actually going to have a hotel with the restaurant, all that near the gym and the area that we will be in uh, has hotels, restaurants, and all this good shit. So it'll be a really good time. It'll probably be a lot like Denver where we are located in Denver. And that was a really cool trip. Um, The last thing we have amino pure sponsors us amino pure.com TEC 15 that helps us fund the PEC 15 or the P, uh, the physique education collective. So your support helps us with all that. And then we have TRM Matt. If you guys haven't done a consultation with him, you should, I know even Jeffrey Sue is moderately impressed and it's hard to impress Jeffrey Sue. Um, but, uh, his website's Matthew with one T park.com backslash TEC. So let him know that shows a little love. He's just trying to make sure that he knows who goes his way from us because, We do believe in what he does. And I think that is it. Next week, we are joined by Jace Coley's to bring up program training part two to finish up the application. And then we'll see you ladies, I guess, in three weeks because we're going to be doing an education application then roll right back into that. We actually got an episode with Matt now that I think about it, guys, from now on. So guys, got anything before we go? It was beautiful seeing you guys. I missed you all last week. I really did. Even though we text all the time, I still missed you. Miss you too, Jeff. I can't wait to hug you. <laughs> yeah, same here. Are you going to come down and stay in my house once and like look at my beautiful kitchen and envy? No, because your yard looks like shit. <laughs> my yard is going to winter, fuck face. It can die for all I give a shit. <laughs> That's all I know. All right. Well, you hey, guys, have- you come up, if you come up and visit me in Massachusetts, I would certainly come visit you. In- I am coming to Massachusetts. I want to take my boys to see you. Like- Twice. I've been down to Nashville twice. You've never come up once. I'll go up to Boston and visit you because I want to take my boys there because I used to spend my yeah. summers and stuff there. That's Maddox, what's up? Are you still death metal drumming? 
Oh, now you're in golf and karate, right? I do piano too. Oh, piano? That's not bad. I'll give you that. Just get an electric guitar, eight string. You want to learn like the down tune A death metal stuff. Your dad loves it. Cannibal Corpse, he's a huge fan. Not close. <laughs> you're not close. Jason gets in my car. It's like a journey of hell for as long as the car ride is. I kind of like it. I put it just up enough to be annoying. I did. Definitely. Yeah, I know. Well, all right. And the last thing I meant to add about the physique education collective, I totally forgot, is we're actually going to find a place that we will all rendezvous Saturday night to go out on the town from there. So we'll make sure that that's well known. So we heard what everyone said. They wanted to party with us because they see that we're a good time. You never know when Jeffrey Sewer Austin might get on a fucking mechanical bull and ride it out hard. Um, Sue almost got tackled by a little security guard, but you know, that was a whole other story. I'll never forget that night as long as I live. Never. Hey, listen, if I was in shape, maybe he wouldn't give me a chance, but I was like sloppy, you know? So yeah. I didn't want to see that. Hey, you still uh, got... Did you do sponsors at the beginning? Yeah, I just wrapped up with him at the end, buddy. Okay. That, that right there was prep brain, right there. I don't think yeah. you did the sponsors. I was staring right at you, but go ahead. I thought you just did PEC. No, I did Matt and I did Amino Pure. Shit. All right. <laughs> wow. Go do some drugs. You'll feel better. <laughs> all right, guys. So y'all have yourself a great day. Right. We'll see you all soon. Ta-ta. Right. Thanks, guys.